Shamelessly Relevant, a podcast where we have conversations with the LGBTQ community. We're your hosts. I'm Elena Berger. My pronouns are she, they. I'm pansexual and polyamorous. I'm Julie Blunt. My pronouns are she, they, and I'm queer. And today we have two guests joining us. Go ahead and say hi. Hello, my name's Gavin Hudson. I am he, him, and I am a multimedia staffer at the State Hornet. I am Chris Hall. Uh, I work as the multimedia editor here at the State Hornet, and uh, he, him pronouns would be appropriate for me. Um, I'm openly bisexual. I also work with KSSU. You might recognize me on the street with a giant cheese hat. Uh, I am DJ Uncle Cheese. So, love to be here today. Cool. We're glad to have you. So, today we're going to be talking about the concept of coming out. Um, Planned Parenthood... (laughs) Planned Parenthood defines coming out as the process that people who are LGBTQ go through as they work to accept their sexual orientation or gender identity and share that identity openly with other people. So the first kind of thing we're going to talk about is the stages of coming out. Because before you come out, you go through this entire process of figuring out who you are. Um, And that could be, you know, noticing that there's signs of maybe some sort of uh, exploring your sexuality. What do you guys think about that? For me, it's kind of, I think my process has been a little different than most people because while I've already had my coming out of sorts, I'm still kind of going through figuring out who I am and trying to realize some certainties about me. And so my process of coming out was basically my mom would just notice that every now and then I would just say Leonardo DiCaprio was hot and she would pull the Seinfeld of like, oh, you know, it's okay if that's, you know, your preference and eventually it was just like all right yeah he's really hot and uh i think i might be into this uh and so my mom was just pretty accepting of that and she was like yeah i knew it and i was like no you didn't uh but i'm you know still kind of going through and trying to figure out whether or not i really think he's that hot or if he's just like an abnormality yeah i think that's that's the beginning of the process where you're kind of noticing those and that's like one of the first stages but it's very much different for everybody who goes through it mm-hmm. <clears throat> my story was a little bit more uh vanilla i feel like everyone around me kind of knew before i did um i uh, i was bullied for it a lot by someone who um was excessively homophobic and it hadn't even entered my mind yet um it wasn't until that person left my life and i found out that they were having their own um shame around their own titles and their own labels um which honestly, now that they can be open about it, I'm I'm proud of them. I'm happy that I have some <laughs> uh, light and concern to that relationship. Um, but it was something that I was thinking about a lot because I have I, I know who I am and I'm comfortable with being who I am. But I just didn't know how to tell the people around me how I was that because I'm not so forward with it. I didn't feel like I had a right to present that way or to say that I could put this title on. Um, But the more I talked to people privately about it, the more I realized that this is part of my identity. So I am a very open and honest person. And this was kind of the last thing that I had to uh, open up about in order to be this open book that I aspire to be. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, the next stage of coming out kind of flows into that. And that's kind of, identifying a label for yourself which is a lot more complicated than it seems because 
sexuality and gender identity are very fluid so like coming down on a specific term that you want to identify with or something that really resonates with you can take a long time and it can change but that's kind of the second step of figuring out like the coming out process for you as an individual another thing that goes into that is like becoming comfortable with that identity you're figuring out because i know for me personally it's like i still haven't figured out exactly what labels to go by and that's why it's it's still such a fluid thing for me but it's also becoming comfortable with that um you know it, it could take a while it it could be very quick for you but I know for some people they might not be completely comfortable with pronouns or gender identity or sexuality some other people might be extremely comfortable with it and super proud and open about it so that's kind of a it, it, it takes a while to become comfortable to identify it to become comfortable that kind of situation and then it's also you have to come out to multiple people it's you have multiple communities in your life where you you don't have to come out but when you come out to them you have to come out to them multiple times it could be first you come out to your family then you come out to your friends then you come out to your co-workers then you come out to new friends that you've met in in recent years stuff like that so it it, it could it, it's a lot it takes a lot of strength and a lot of coming out and a lot of being comfortable and you might not even be completely comfortable with it yet but mm-hmm and that can vary from community to community. I know in my life, coming out to my friends and even my family, I was very lucky in that regard, was pretty simple um, with some of my identities. Like I'm I'm very proud and like open to admit like, oh yeah, I'm pan, like I'm attracted to everybody. Um, but coming out as poly has been like one of the most difficult things for me just because it's not really culturally accepted in a lot of senses. Um, and like I... I can't even really imagine myself coming out to my like dad anytime soon. Like I've, I've come out to my siblings and stuff, but there are different parts of your identity that can feel like you feel that internalized stigma towards them. So it can be really hard to come out of some things and it just is a long process in many regards. I, I was in a relationship with someone I'm monogamous, but I was in a relationship with someone who wanted to explore this polyamorous part of themselves and um, it isn't easy, you know, as as someone who is monogamous, I only have one person that I have to figure out, like, can I trust this person? Can I be vulnerable with this person? And you have found that you can and want to take on the ambitious task of doing that with multiple mm-hmm. people. So that's yeah. that's not easy. So. No, it's not. We're probably going to have a full episode on polyamory just because it's something that isn't talked about too often in media. Um I, I feel very underrepresented in that sense, but I think we'll go a lot more into the nuances and um, kind of cultural conceptions of polyamory. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get more into the nuances and cultural conceptions of polyamory. But moving away from that, there are some complications and dangers to coming out. Julie, if you want to get into that. Yeah, so coming out is complicated in and of itself. Um, you know, it involves many stages of realizing kind of what's going on so it involves many stages of like self-realization and figuring everything out and because gender and sexuality are so fluid uh, a lot of people might not accept that you if somebody was to say that they're fluid in their sexual identity or their gender identity they might be like well what's your label I don't know you know that's that's what I say a lot of the times people are like what's your label I'm like well I'm queer because I don't exactly have a label for that I'm still exploring it Um, and so that kind of is where the complications lay is trying to explain to a heteronormative society that if you don't have a label or an exact gender identity or sexuality you don't have to 
explain that to people but they're they're basically wanting it um yeah yeah i feel like we got into this in our last episode where we kind of talked about queer baiting and pressure to come up with a defined like concrete label but it seems like almost counterintuitive to like what queerness is because labels just make it easier for other people to digest your identity when in reality it's a very personal process and you don't owe anybody that label from yourself it's a process of self-realization and then once you get to the point of self-disclosure it feels like a lot of people expect you to package it up nicely and know exactly like what you're coming out as but I think a part of the process is just kind of showing the people around you how that you are queer and you don't owe them really anything past that yeah as somebody who's kind of struggled with figuring out their own label i've kind of come to two realizations over time and that's like a it doesn't i don't need to give anybody a label for myself that it doesn't really matter you know it doesn't really affect anybody in any different way it really doesn't affect me in any different way and that second realization stems off of that i really just don't care like if something happens something happens i don't have to define it as anything and so i've just kind of given up the process of trying to figure out the label because why do it if it's just going to change later then who cares i want i have this dream of like a perfect society as uh just you don't have to say anything Mm -hmm. you just you you share your ambitions with someone maybe you want to start a romantic relationship you share that with them they have the right to say yes or no that's very classical i just really want to live in a society where we can all just relax i don't want people to worry about um, identities and labels i don't want to have to worry about it intrinsically in myself i don't want to have to try and prove to you that that i am what i say i am and i don't want you have to worry about it Mm -hmm. um what I found is that uh, by sharing with people that I am a bisexual man, um, it it makes it it, it exposes me to uh, the misogyny of men, mm-hmm. and I don't like being in that environment. So I personally have not had any personal experiences with another man, but that's just because I'm uh, my my heart goes out to anyone else who has um, the attraction to men because men are complicated closed off individuals mm-hmm. and um I, I don't want that anymore that's my yeah. perfect society i guess for sure i think your point kind of goes into the next thing we want to address is that coming out can be dangerous and it can be scary especially because of thoughts like that where there's so much energy surrounding like masculinity that can make coming out feel like a really uncomfortable process for a lot of people because they feel like they may be victimized because of that by friends, family members, um, people in their community. And that can lead to a lot of physical dangers that I think is really important to acknowledge when we're talking about the conversation of coming out. So in my friend group, we used to have a friend, I won't say his name, but um, he was extraordinarily homophobic and not like the, you know, gamer homophobia where you just say gay stuff and then make fun of it. Like, no, dude was just, like, genuinely homophobic, just, like, couldn't stand gay people and blamed it on the reason of, like, that's how I was raised, you know. And so anytime me and my friends would make, like, a gay innuendo, he would just lose his mind and just, you know, altogether leave, didn't want to be around any of it. And it got so bad to the point that we didn't hear from him for, like, an entire year because we just kept making gay jokes. And, like, I'm lucky that I had such a supportive friend group at the time because my friends were just overwhelmingly supportive of me 
and I would confront him on it every now and then. But me and him were always super cool, and so he never knew that I, you know, had felt the way that I did. And he still doesn't really know. And we talk to him now, but he's still in this just mind space of I can't stand it. I don't want to talk to these people. I don't want to be around these people. Like, and it's just sad because it's like you're closing yourself off to such extraordinary things like you don't get queen without being gay you don't get like harry styles without being gay like it's just such a such an incredible part of life that you just close yourself off to just because of some rooted hatred or even some Mm -hmm. fear of yourself Mm -hmm. and i i hate that idea that people use like oh i was just raised this way like that's why i think the way i do when in reality it seems like that's just a cop out dude like you can change the way you think about these things it takes active effort you have to be willing to change but when you retreat to your childhood or these other things that you just kind of decide to blame your actions on like you were taking no personal responsibility for yourself and it is pathetic honestly (laughs) i am i had a friend like that too where he uh whenever we would go party together he would get racist and homophobic like blatantly so because he thought that it was ironic he thought it was ironically funny because he wasn't actually racist or homophobic this was the sense of mind that he had and uh, i would tell him man i was like you can't say that like you can't you can't and he would just get like i know man i I, i'm sorry i'm i'm a trash person and i'm like you don't have to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) we can and it takes exposure honestly um for if because people can be genuinely set in their ways so all that you need in order to get out of that mindset is consistent, healthy exposure to our environment. And my relationship with the person has gotten better. Um, but yeah. So kind of going into what you were talking about, having somebody who would just end up blatantly homophobic and racist, that goes into part of the dangers of coming out, is you can have homophobic community members. For me, it was when I came out, I knew that I was going to have unaccepting family members and that is still very present to this day. Um, I'm not going to say who it is, um, but there is somebody in my family who when they found out, they um, never talked to me again and I've been trying to see them and go to their house for a vacation and it's just no answer. And it's like, it's disappointing and it's frustrating because that's somebody that that's a family member of mine, somebody I'm blood related to, but I kind of look at it as if if they don't accept me for being me, then I'm just not going to give them the time of day. And the other thing is, too, is like I haven't changed. I'm still the same exact person. I knew I was queer since like sixth grade and that I've seen them like I didn't come out until I was 19, I think. And so I have been the same person that they have known. But just the fact that they found out that there is a cert that I am not completely straight or that I don't like 100 percent men that is what's frustrating to me and it's disappointing and it can be scary because i've seen the things they say and it's just not it's not great and that's a part of the dangers of coming out because a lot of these people that do come out especially at younger ages too, have to deal with maybe a household that is not completely accepting and they queer youth lgbtq youth have such a high rate of homelessness that it's extremely dangerous um there's a lot of violence against 
trans black women specifically um being queer in a public place there's a lot of hate against that a lot of these lgbtq plus clubs are getting you know attacked and terrorized because it's supposed to be a private place for queer people to be themselves and it's just not accepted and a lot of the times there's you'll you could be walking down the street with your partner and it could be a you know it if you're walking down the street with a partner, somebody would start yelling slurs at you. It's just, it's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of dangers in being so publicly out and so publicly open. Um, and it's just, it, that's also what makes it so hard to accept your sexuality and your gender identity, because if it's something that somebody doesn't agree with, you can completely lose it all. I'm going to hop on a kind of a large tangent here real quick. Good. Um, I want to say that I was uh, hesitant to be on this podcast because there, when you look at this table, we are a ragtag group of white individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways that I really, I don't, I am a white man of privilege. I have a mildly healthy family that absolutely accepted me the moment I said anything. Um, so I don't want to discount the the person who's not in the room right now who doesn't get to talk mm-hmm. about the complications of being in a different culture and a different community who struggles with things that I don't. Um, but to switch from that tangent to another one, I was at the Pride Center earlier today, and my role as a journalist is to elevate the voices of people who aren't heard. And one of the one of the struggles that I have been facing is I want to cover the LGBTQ community on this campus, but it is becoming harder to do, or it's not harder to do, it is hard to do because people don't feel safe to share their labels and to be open with who they really are because there is danger out there. And I feel like I told them every time I enter the Pride Center here on campus, I feel like I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing. I say, I want to elevate your voice, but I do not want to put you in danger. And I ask and I I try and almost bargain with them and say, I want you to feel heard, but I don't want you to be in danger. So how can we try and – so right now we're trying to figure out ways to report on the this feeling safe on campus. And, um, yeah, that's one of the struggles we're facing is I want to elevate that voice because they, they have told me they don't feel safe on campus, but I, I can't get them on the record to say it. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we kind of wanted to talk about this topic in conjunction with us kind of talking about queer baiting as well is just the fact that this issue is really complicated, not only for the person themselves trying to figure out their labels and what they want to define themselves as if they want to define themselves, but also how much stigma and struggles there are around this issue. It can be really hard and you have to come out to so many different communities and putting yourself in a public platform is like one of the largest ways you can come out. You have to like have this definite identity and feel that need to like explain yourself to others when that's not something that's really necessary in the queer community. So I understand that there's a fine line between like covering the queer community and also putting queer people in a spotlight that they might not necessarily want to be in but it is still important to continue trying to like 
illuminate the voices of the this community and show their stories and talk to them in a way that's comfortable for them and i think it's very respectful to go into their space and cover them in ways that make them comfortable when they can come to you and they can choose to share their stories rather than forcing them into the spotlight and making them disclose anything that they're uncomfortable with disclosing Hmm. yeah sometimes when i realize i have to come out to a new community like this is my first semester at the state hornet and previously only a few people knew that i was queer um and it was just something where it was like i didn't explicitly tell people I would voice those opinions if somebody mentioned something about women I'd be like oh yeah she's beautiful you know stuff like that and then they kind of look at me and I was like okay and I'm like well then I would have to say you know yeah I'm queer this is how I feel the same thing happened at when um, I got my new job they were talking about something and I mentioned something and they kind of looked at me like I was weird and I go no I'm queer like I I don't really have a preference and um, stuff like that and I just feel like it can be very nerve-wracking like coming out to a whole new group after you've already done it it could be it, it takes a huge mental health toll as well and that's another danger is having that that um that negative side of your mind kind of saying these people aren't going to accept me i'm not going to be welcomed it's it's a whole new person trying to explain yourself to other people the lgbtq community has a very high rate of uh, a very high suicide rate as well um and it could be very very hard for people to come out and basically figure out who they are and the fact that you have to technically the fact that you think you have to do it every single time you meet a new community or um the fact that you think you have to do it every single time you meet somebody new or welcome yourself into a new community there's a lot of ways that that could either go right or could go wrong and i think that's where people kind of realize the dangers to it as well is it, it like I said, you could be either accepted into it or not accepted into it, and it could lead to so many other consequences. And I think that takes a huge mental health toll on on uh, queer people in general. Uh, for me, there was a, a certain amount of time where I was just figuring out who I was because I was extremely, extremely depressed. And it was like a bad time for me. It took months for me to figure out who I was and figure that out because I... I I knew since a very young age that it was queer, but I never expressed that to anybody because at a very young age, the first time I told somebody, I told one person and they told me, they, they ended up telling somebody else. Um, and that person came to me and goes, you're not gay, are you? And I was like, yeah, right. Like, there's no way. Um, and then a few years later, I was like, not going to explore that again. Like, it's just, it's just a phase. Um, then I get to high school and my friends are like oh i'm bisexual it's like oh what a fun label what does that mean and they're like well it means you know like men and women i was like oh that's interesting i didn't think about that and then i was like kind of exploring myself and then i get out of high school and then i finally started exploring bisexual and then i had other people kind of influence these things to me but i knew from a young age that i was queer i just did not want to accept the fact that i was because i didn't want to have to face that homophobia that i faced before because that broke me I also had somebody once tell me like I wouldn't accept you because of my religion and that was something else that was like broke me because they were one of my closest friends and um that took a huge mental health toll on me it took me forever to figure myself out and then finally you know when I was 19 I was like hey this is me this is who I am and I've come to the terms I've come to terms with it now and I'm super open about it 
I still get very scared to talk about it. I still get very emotional talking about it, but I feel like it's something that for me to be who I am and feel comfortable with who I am, it's something I want to face. Not that I have to, it's something that I want to face and want to talk about because then not only do people hear my story, but I'm also able to help myself understand that. Um, and now it's, it's doesn't affect my mental health as much because I'm, I'm surrounded by a great community that accepts me. Uh, uh, my, my close family accept me for who I am. I have a lovely younger brother who is perfectly happy with, with my label and, um, some of his friends are also queer so he uses that as like a way to understand everybody and it's a very great family support I've got some very great friends that support it as well but not everybody has that so I'm realized I realize I'm super privileged to have that and I'm glad I do but you know, there, there's still a lot of homophobia out there just taking Julie's story into consideration uh, I think it's really important that we have this conversation about the nuances and differences in everybody's coming out process as you can tell we have four people right here who have had very different processes of realization. Um, so I just wanted to bring us all together and have a conversation about this. As we're wrapping up, do you guys have any final thoughts on the topic? Yeah, as somebody, as Chris was talking about talking with people who have different perspectives, um, I was raised in the South. And um, my grandparents, I was pretty close to them on my dad's side. And they're not nice people. I mean, they were nice to me because I was white and straight in their minds. Um, but just generally not very nice people and essentially disowned uh, my older cousin when they had found out that she was uh, polyamorous. And once they had kind of done that with her, granted, she was kind of the failure child of the family. Um, so I became the prodigy and I don't really talk to them often at all, maybe twice a year. Uh, not necessarily out of fear, but just because I intrinsically disagree with them. As far as my grandparents are concerned, I'm a prodigy. I'm a star. Granted, they're correct, but they don't know everything there is to know about me, and I'm kind of comfortable keeping it that way. But I've it, it's such a huge difference coming from Texas and moving to California because the acceptance culture is extraordinarily different. Granted, there's just as much diversity just not as many people are open about it. And so uh, you'll see varying colors of people. Like Texas isn't all yeehaw. I grew up in a majority Hispanic school with a ton of black people around me. And it was awesome <laughs> until I moved to California and it was just Hispanic people who all thought I grew up around white people. And so everybody just judges everybody in their own ways and sees things differently than they really are. And once we start to come together and, realize that none of that matters then you can just see people who, for who they really are and that's that's all you need at the end of the day um i i do want to say that one of the reasons i was able to uh this this journey of, of coming out um is because of the community that i found at the state hornet they're very accepting um and they're very open um so i feel like that was definitely a catalyst to my uh ease in being able to come out um that said, uh, I want to take, I don't have it with me, but I'm going to put my DJ Uncle Cheese hat on. <laughs> um, on my show, I talk about nothing, but like, I want you to feel comfortable. You, you, you start from, it's almost like a social, like Pavlov's hierarchy of needs. You need to make sure that you're okay first before you can start branching out and like, like reaching other people. You know, I, if you're okay with the way that you feel about yourself, then you don't owe anything to anybody else. So uh, in, in terms of your friend who said that they wouldn't accept you because of their religion, you have to 
take that internally. You have to feel, how does Julie feel about this? Can I be myself around this person? If the answer is no, then you need to reconsider that friendship. So I, I don't know if you're still friends with that person or not, but I would definitely reconsider whether you should be friends with that person. And it's not your responsibility to get them to accept you. It's their responsibility if they care about you enough to keep you in their life. So that's as far as family, that's harder to do because, you know, how often do you talk to your grandparents again? Maybe twice a year. Are they Astros fans? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, that's a coincidence, huh? But, um, yeah, uh, I just, I really want people who I'm around to know that I accept them no matter what. Um, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I like the, um, the colorblind joke about like, I don't care if you're gay, straight, blue, or yellow. Like, I, I hate that. But um, that that's kind of how I go. Yeah, I'm an open book, and I don't care who you are. You know, you're, you're a cool dude and deserve respect regardless what label you go by or labels you choose not to have. Yeah, so. that's, that's basically how I look at it because going through the process that I've had with coming out and accepting who I am, it's like... I don't want anybody to ever feel uncomfortable around me. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I want to make sure that somebody's comfortable and that could be, you know, being a female. It's very hard to be a female sometimes. And so I want to make sure that female females feel uh, comfortable around me and comfortable enough to make sure that if they need help, they can come to me and I will help them. Or um, one of the students that I peer uh, mentor, they have expressed, uh, not feeling comfortable with their gender identity and I've told them I was like I came out to them I said this is who I am and they automatically cling to me and was like help me like help me be comfortable and like stuff like that and that's what I want um yeah so thank you for coming on today really much appreciate it um anything else you want to add yeah, I just want to say that fostering this kind of acceptance and this kind of community is vital towards creating a place where queer people can be openly themselves, which I think is the ultimate goal. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Shamelessly Relevant. We'll see you next week. Bye.